Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. So a big part of Christmas is seeing relatives, family coming back, and, um, you know, kids, which uh, this uh, morning we've already had the kids perform. But we have Seth and Sarah Gerber. Uh, if they could come up. I don't see them. Where are they? There they are. So, yeah. <clears throat> and so uh, most of us know Seth and Sarah. Yeah. yeah Talk about growing family. up in the church. So <laughs> how old was Sarah when you guys first started coming Ten. here? Ten years old uh, and um, has been part of the church over the years and over the last, how many years were you in staff? Eleven. Eleven years? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Eleven years started out uh, with administration and then basically really as a pa- the th- official title is pastoral assistant. But Sarah was over uh, m- all of the ministry teams and was functioning uh, in so many different uh, aspects. And Seth is on the board, continues to be on the board, as well as leading the uh, college ministry, the dwell ministry. So Sarah and Seth have been involved in the leadership and the, of this church in so many ways for so many years. But God's called them to get more training and development and uh, took them from us. <clears throat> you can take that up with God. <laughs> yeah. They think God told them to go to California. And I'm like, all right, all right. Well, they sold their house, so I guess they're pretty committed. And so we just want to give them a few minutes to get, share an update. They're back just for the holidays. They've been to the School of Ministry in Bethel and Redding, California. And uh, tell us what's, what's going on. How's it been? Yeah, so... Um, Sit down. There you go. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We, uh, we left here last August, and um, it was... It was it was really hard to leave when God told us to, to come or go to California. And um, it, what, what was really hard was actually leaving New Day. And, um, you know, just going through the process of leaving and saying goodbye and then being out there, you know, it's just really impacted my heart how important this family is, how important the local church is, but really like what a family you become with the people that you, you know, attend church with and you serve God with. And man, there's, we have so much love for you guys, so much love. And, and we're, we're just so impacted by the blessing of this church. I just cannot even like put words to the power of, of a church family and the love that a church family provides. It's just, when you go away from it, you realize just the beauty, the love, the importance. And we're, we feel, you know, really connected to you guys, even though we're out there. And we, we really feel like we're standing on the foundation of the family of this church, you know. So we just, just want to say, you know, how important you guys are to us and what you mean to us. It's just amazing. And so we've, We've been through, you know, a lot, just, you know, uprooting and going and then just being in a completely new culture and a completely new experience. It's been really, really good. All right, you can put that slide up. So this is a little meme um, about what different people think we're doing out there. So my mom thinks I'm preaching to millions 
my Christian friends think I'm doing magic, like Harry Potter. Um, my non-Christian friends think I'm in a monastery as monks. Chris, that's Chris Valton. He does the, the talking on um, like moral revolution and purity. We have a week of purity. And so he encourages side hugs. So Chris believes that... Yeah, he's right. Yeah, he's all about that. What we're actually doing is we're in a community of, of believers that are really just being saturated in God's presence. And um, we're, God, it's like there's so much input into our lives in so many different aspects. So, I mean, our days look like we have worship almost every day, which is great. At first it seemed like, wow, we're having worship every day. This is like a little bit overkill, maybe. But we're kind of, now we're... There's just this uh, addiction a little bit. It's really nice being in God's presence every day. Um, we have Bible training. I actually was talking with Anthony Davis, and I told him the book that we're using. It's called Grasping God's Word. And he goes, oh, yeah, Duval and Hayes. I know them. We, we used that in seminary. Like in my training, we took that, that class and used that book. And so I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. So we're getting like somewhat good quality um, training in terms of studying the Bible and learning about um, all, like, all kinds of ways to study the Bible. So that's really good. And we, uh, we obviously get training from Chris Valton and, and Bill Johnson and the other leaders at Bethel. They're really committed. What they want to do is they want to equip a generation. to They, they want to build them up as they're there, impart a culture so that the students can go back to wherever they're at and, and then spread that culture there. And it's, it's amazing. People say that you come to the school for signs and wonders because people hear about, you know, healing the sick and, and all of that. But what you walk away with is a real culture. And so, and, and it's true, you can see they're really intentional about their core values. Actually, you can go to the next slide. So this is the, um, all the kind of the core values. It's kind of small. But, um, so there's, there's, uh, 12 core values, and it's, it, it's a lot of the stuff that we believe and support and, and run with here, you know, and stuff that really Sarah and I have lived by for years, and even as we, uh, you know, all did ministry together. And so it's exciting to kind of um, get this imparted into us. Honestly, there is so much input. I'm realizing I have to set aside, aside time to process and, and just to to see the themes that God is speaking to me, because otherwise stuff comes in and just goes out, because God's constantly speaking. And so, it's for us, it's really been a good time of rest, honestly. We've been able to be receivers, and rather than just always pouring out, and for us, that's been amazing. I mean, God's taken us kind of on this journey of learning what rest really is, and obviously rest isn't not busyness, but there's rest inside of our hearts and rest inside of our souls when we know who we are in God, when we know our identity in Christ, we can be at rest, not having to strive, not having to perform, um, and, and that rest we've really been engaging with. So um, just I think my 
favorite thing, and I knew that this was going to happen when we were out there, but just they have such an emphasis, and they really have such a high value for the presence of God. So I knew that we were just going to be spending a lot of time in the presence of God, which we are. But what happens when you do that is you just bump into the love of God. And so I think one of the main things that Seth and I have, uh, God's been doing in us, and we want to bless you with the Christmas present of an impartation of what we're receiving. But um, we, we have been really impacted by um, just a deeper kind of knowing in the depths of who we are, the love of God for us. And there's a girl named Ruth Moore out there who teaches a lot. And her message has really impacted me and given me permission to receive God's love. She talks about, she had this amazing revelation of God's love. And she was healed of a disease where she was in a wheelchair and unable to move for six years, and she was completely healed. Um, and she, she says, you know, I, my goal in life is basically to be loved every day, to just know that I'm loved every day because loved people are powerful people, and they will get things done. And so, you know, just that, that real emphasis of the love of God it's the Lord is like speaking it, you know, and you know, teachings out there, and and we're in His love all the time. But then He's also just reworking some things inside of us, just so that we can receive His love more. So I actually have like a calendar appointment on my phone every day at 9 a.m. that says I am loved, and it's it's giving me permission to just take some time. And just focus on how much God loves me. And what's happened in doing that is that I've started realizing that I feel some, some lies cropping up. Like, that's selfish to just focus on being loved by God. It's about me or something like that. And, and I, I'm like cu- coming up against that lie over and over. But then what I realize is that it's really not. Because when you focus on the love of God, you're looking at Him. And it becomes more about him than it becomes about you. And he actually takes all of the, the stuff that's in you. When you receive the love of God, he, he gets rid of the stuff that is selfish or that's self-motivated or whatever. You know, and, and he really just, it's, it's, it's humbling. You know, pride goes away. Humility kind of gets stirred up. So, so we just continued to, to kind of bathe and soak in that, just the love of God. And it's changing us. You know, we can really feel just a huge difference and so I that was one of the encouragements we want to um, give to you today just that you do not need to do anything to receive the love of God you can just receive it it's it's actually good <laughs> to just be loved to just take a minute and just be loved let the Lord love your heart you know yeah, so God's been really speaking to me about, <clears throat> similarly, you know, that verse in First John, he talks about he loved us first so that we can love. And I get that in my head, <laughs> but in my heart, being loved first means that actually that I, I can cut off sort of all the performance and all the things that I need to do to be loved and just receive the love of God, and then what happens is it actually equips me, enables me, fills me up to be able to do that stuff. And there's, you know, I I just think, you know, and a lot of you guys are in this place where, man, life is just busy. Life is just crazy. Like, it's just swirling around me, and especially in this time of year, you know, getting gifts and planning family events and all the stuff that goes along with this season. And I think that when we put our focus 
on Jesus and we and we allow him to love us first we allow him it it just puts that sense of rest in us and we can receive his love and and so in the in the midst of the busyness you know we're fortunate we're just focused on school you know we, we this is books that we'd love to be reading anyway and things that we want to be studying anyway so it's really it is rest for us but I actually felt like God, um, this happened a few weeks ago in school, that God wanted us to just impart to you guys, um, in the spite of the busyness, in spite of the craziness, just the ability to, to really turn our attention to receive God's love and to let that be the launching pad and the, the impetus for loving others. And so, if you want that, you can stand up. I'm going to pray over you guys. And, yeah, just receive. Let's just, let's just focus on His presence right now. Because He's here, right? He's in each one of us. He's in... So just, uh, just, yeah, turn your attention toward Him. One physical thing you can do is just to put your hands out like somebody's about to give you something. And then as we just pray and impart, like, just let your spirit and let your, almost see something coming into your hands, because we really believe that the Lord's going to give this to you. Yeah. Yeah, so Father, we just focus on your presence right now. We just, (sighs) thank you that you're in each one of us. Thank you that this season is, Merry Christmas, is a season of joy. It's joy about Jesus. It's joy about Jesus, Father. And I just pray for an impartation right now on all of us to know the love of God like we never have before. Father, to, to be willing to just set our attention on You and to receive in these moments in, as busyness swirls around us, Father, to supernaturally receive this place of where we can just be steadfast in knowing who we are as Your love kids. God, you loved us first. You didn't require anything out of us. You didn't put any duties on us. You didn't put any responsibilities on us. You loved us first. And out of that love, we can go and we can do. But we, God, first, we just want to receive. We just want to position our hearts to be receivers, to be connected with you, Father. Yeah, um, in Jesus' name, we just impart all that we've received. We just impart it to this church, everyone in this room, in the name of Jesus. And um, let's just take a minute, and um, as we focus our attention on Jesus, let's just listen and let him tell us how much he loves us. Feel something, you might sense something, you might hear something. Thank you for your love, God. Thank you for your love, God. Okay. Yeah, amen. Does anybody feel anything? See anything? Yes. Amen. That's awesome. Thank you, God.
Thank you, God. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, hang on. <clears throat> so, yeah, we just thank God for all that He's doing in and through uh, Seth and Sarah. You can be seated if you want. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just the dynamic of, of raising people up and sending them off is what New Day is all about. It really is. And so Sarah and Seth were really diligent during the time that they're here, not only to be raised up, but to raise others up. And then God has given them this opportunity for this year to get additional training. And we don't know what's going to happen next year. They have intentionally not decided to figure that out. And over the course of the next few months, they're going to have to figure that out. (laughs) So what's next on the horizon for the Gerbers, we don't know. But we just bless them and we thank God for them. And we're so honored by them. So give them a big hand. Thank you so much. So we're actually just trying to squeeze a whole bunch into this service because it's a, su- a service before Sunday, and I do want to talk a little bit about Christmas. And I'm gonna I'm gonna squeeze in a a, a, a sermon. Hopefully, it'll be a mini sermon. But we got about we got about 15 minutes, so let's just go for it. Uh, and this is continuing our our building bridges series, and we're finishing up the the uh, year on our core values about uh, the fire of God and and what we as a church stand. For and they're they're the same values that Bethel has. I mean, uh, right? They're uh, the Redding, California, Bethel, Bill Johnson's ministry. Uh, really, uh, you know, it wasn't birthed out of Toronto, but they are partnering with Toronto, and they uh, were influenced significantly by the same move of God that we're uh, influenced by. So we really share the same values, and that's why it's it's just a, a blessing to see uh, them go. And we've had other uh, young people go to the the school there. Because we share the same values. Last week, Anthony Davis spoke here concerning um, that extending the kingdom and being meek doesn't mean being weak. How many were here for that? Was it a good message? Did he do all right? Yeah, yeah he did great. <clears throat> I heard him speak it uh, on Sunday afternoon. So today I'm going to talk about how Christmas is the ultimate bridge. Christmas is all about extending the kingdom. So let's just read a couple of the traditional Christmas verses and see how they kind of connect in with our topic. Um, Isaiah, uh, the prophet, spoke, and this was thousands of years ago, long before what we saw acted out on the stage with the kids, uh, the, the nativity scene. This was uh, you know, long, long before the, uh, uh, Isaiah prophesied. He said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over His kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of the hosts will perform this. And so one of the many, there's just there's hundreds and hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament concerning the coming Messiah who is Jesus Christ. And this is one of the key ones. You know, a child is born. This is what Christmas is all about. But uh, the, that the, in, in that text we see that it wasn't just about a child being born, but about a kingdom being established. And then we have 
Another part of the story, and this is directly tied to what we saw acted out. It's kind of, they didn't depict it, but it's when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary uh, uh, right before the conception when, when the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and told her what was about to happen. The angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. All right, so this is what, what we celebrate at the time of Christmas. What the, the Christmas uh, skit, the story is that they forgot about the main, the main toy, the main character was, the, was Jesus. Uh, yes, we're celebrating Jesus. But, but what did, why did Jesus come uh, at that Christmas time? Why? It goes on, it says, he will, this is the words of the angel Gabriel to Mary. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary replied to the angel, as any young girl would, <laughs> What? <laughs> How can this be? I've never even known a man, you know, in that way. (laughs) And the angel answered and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And so we, in both the, uh, the, Verse here, uh, the angel talking to Mary and in the prophecy that this actually fulfills, that prophecy back in Isaiah, as well as all of the other prophecies concerning the coming king. It was about Jesus coming as a king, all right, uh, and establishing a kingdom. And so, talking about extending the kingdom during the Christmas season is perfect. All right, it really is. I mean, it's the ultimate expression of extending the kingdom is Christmas. It's uh, and some of the things that was was pointed out in those verses that God will give him the throne of 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 David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. Okay, and so that means in time as well as in space. All right, that means that the whole world, all of humanity will be under the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. He's going to establish the reign over uh, Jacob's house, but that it's going to extend beyond that to the ends of the earth and beyond that to the ends of all time. That's the Christmas story. The babe we celebrate that was born in Bethlehem was born not only a servant, but a king. Right? That's the story. And then it says that He is the Son of God. And so He's not a mere human king that has established His authority through maybe might or power or just lineage. He is the Son of the Creator God. He is God as man coming to reestablish His rightful rule and reign. That is the message, and it's the central message of Jesus Christ. Um, 
Now, what does that have to do with building bridges? I mean, it can just take a couple of minutes uh, to explain. Um, we, we really, in, in, in talking about building bridges, we're not, we haven't been focusing on specific things you can do to, to build a bridge with the people in your lives, but rather giving you the reason why and showing you in Scripture uh, how it is so essential. And, and let me just take a couple of minutes and explain something I, I discovered about a bridge uh, as I was preparing for this message. A bridge, of course, you know, the material used to build the bridge is determined by, you know, what's on each side and the distance that needs to be spanned. Okay? Um, and, uh, you know, I think of, of Mackinac Bridge and how it had this span, a five-mile uh, stretch of water, you know, and uh, the, the conditions. It was a, a incredible. I've seen TV shows on, on the building of the bridge and how they had to design the bridge and the materials used to the bridge had to be specially engineered because of the harsh weather conditions that exist up there. And each bridge is unique based on the, on the, on the soil uh, of, of each side. And so you have each side <clears throat> uh, and, and how it's um, in the, the, the material, the, the condition of each side, and then the span that needs to be crossed, right? It seems pretty, pretty straight on, um, pretty obvious. But then I found that um, engineers actually refer to three kinds of forces that affect a bridge and have to be considered. And and it impacted me, so I just want to share this as an illustration or an image of Christmas, believe it or not. <laughs> There's the dead load, all right, dead load, live load, and dynamic load. So when you're looking at a bridge and deciding what to, how to build a bridge and what to build a bridge of, they have to consider the dead load. That's the, the load of the structure itself. They have to consider the live load. That's all the stuff that's going to be going over the bridge. And the, the dynamic load, which would be the un... Uh, the beyond normal factors. So like in, in Mackinac, it would be the harsh winters with, with feet, several feet thick ice moving <laughs> uh, because the ice in Lake Michigan moves around and in the summer's heat to over 100 degrees with storms and winds and all of that taking place. They have to factor all of that in to decide how to build a bridge. And I, and I realized that God chose a specific material to use in building the bridge between heaven and earth. And this is actually the revelation. I was, I was laying down to go to sleep, and I saw this picture that God, um, God had to select a particular material to build the bridge from heaven to earth, to build a bridge from Himself, to fallen humanity, to build a bridge from from damnation, really fallen man is uh, he whoever sin uh, you know the wages of sin is death. So to build a bridge from death to life, to build a bridge from from fallen mankind, earth under the curse to heaven, God's presence, God's life. What kind of material can be used? And the material that was used was Jesus Christ, was the person of Jesus Christ. And he, and he had to come. It, it couldn't be just a spiritual experience, even for God. Because you can't build a bridge from the spirit world where God lives, right, to the, to the created world, earth, 
without it connecting. How is it going to connect? Right? God's in heaven, right? We're on earth, right? God's life, right? Earth is cursed. The wages of sin is death. So how do you span that? And, and in His wisdom, it was in the body, a human body, that His eternal Spirit went into and came. And this Scripture in Hebrews, not traditionally thought of as a Christmas Scripture, but it is a Christmas Scripture because it tells us why Jesus came. It says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human could He die. Only as a human could the God on the one side bridge that gap between life and death was to take grab hold of the death. Just like a bridge reaches across a span and grabs hold of the other side so that traffic can flow back and forth. God reached across the span between heaven and earth. Alright? Between Himself and fallen mankind, between life and death, and grabbed hold. And it says, uh, only by dying could He break the power of the devil who had the power of death. And that's the dynamic load. Alright? Only in this way could He set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. So the dynamic load in, in the illustration is the weight or the burden or the influence of spiritual forces, the influence of sin, of Satan, Okay, uh, 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 that swirl around us and try to tear down uh, us as Christians and in, in the human race. Jesus spanned all of that in the body that He bore on the cross. The dead load. I thought it fit perfectly with the illustration. Because Jesus was born to die. And in His death on the cross... That's the structure upon which those under the penalty of death on earth, those in hell, really, that's the structure that life travels from one side to the other, is on the, on the structure of His, His body. So God took on humanity so that He could reach over and grab onto death and said, okay, everybody that's on the death side, walk on me, and I will bear you. And furthermore, He protects us from the dynamic force of the storms of life and the threats of the enemy and the influence of spiritual forces that want to tear us down. That's the Christmas story. Listen, this is the response. Jesus Christ came to be a bridge. And if you've responded to Him as the bridge, if you've accepted that, that Jesus' death on the cross is the means by which you get from death to life, from earth to heaven, from, from being fallen to being in communion with God, then Jesus calls you to live as a bridge. Okay? To be Christ-like. Would you please... 
Thus saith the Lord. I'm not kidding. Would you please be Christ-like in this way? Use your life as a bridge. Reach out and find someone who doesn't know Christ yet. Someone who's still in the darkness of death and under the curse and in confusion. And be the bridge, just like Jesus Christ was the bridge for you. Be the bridge for them to Christ. Right? Be the bridge for someone in your life. That's the Christmas message. That's the sermon. Amen.